Hello, this is Stephanie. And this is Brian. Welcome to our podcast, The Making and the Remaking of a Codependent Mind. This week we decided we want to revisit another one of the topics we've discussed a few times. Um, we had a, a whole episode on it in season one, and that's the subject of shame. And particularly we're going to focus on a term that we think we invented. <laughs> yeah. Called shame venting. Yeah, so that's the main focus. So it's like the interpersonal, more of the interpersonal side of shame, how it comes out in relationships. Before we start on that topic, though, we would like a future episode to be structured around answering listener questions. So if you have any questions about us, about anything we've talked about in the podcast that maybe hasn't been clear or, or more information about a particular experience, please send it in. Our email is codependentmind at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching A Codependent Mind. Yes, and we'll remind again on the next episode of this and maybe maybe do it three episodes, you know, two or three episodes from now. So, mm-hmm. you know, give it a chance to get some questions and hopefully we get some. But let's turn our attention now to shame venting. Mm-hmm. But as... As you were saying, let's pull back a little bit and review some of the things that we already talked about in terms yeah. of shame. Right. What we mean by shame. Yeah. It's a word that, it, what, you know, you hear all the time, of course, but, you know, like a lot of terms, it's it's not always easy to nail down exactly what it is and what the driving force is. And what the lived experience looks like. Yeah. So just on the definitional level, and we outlined this when we did the episode on shame in... Um, season one, I believe. People often put shame as part of this continuum that includes mm-hmm. embarrassment and guilt. So these are all emotions that arise from interpersonal or social situations. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be embarrassed if you're just in the woods because <laughs> no one's watching you. Yeah, right. True. I mean, it could, I guess, an animal. Well, so. I think, yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> if you do get embarrassed when there's no people around, you're imagining people there. Yes, you're exactly, imagining yeah. that the animals are people watching you. Yeah, right. So we have, so yeah, embarrassment is is an easier one. I think people are pretty clear on what that looks like, what yeah. that feels like. We've all experienced it. When yeah. you're somehow exposed yeah. in public to other people, Mm-hmm. When they see you in a situation or behaving in such a way or looking in such a way that you that you feel is not representative of who you are, yeah, what you or, want. or just the image you want to put out of yourself, or right? Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be embarrassment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of exposure. Yeah, and it's it's usually pretty temporary. I mean, it could linger, but it's right. it's just not that severe. The the emotions that go with it. And then there's guilt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, embarrassment is when, when you, you have been exposed and your image is, is sullied. Yeah. <laughs> Guilt is more about your behavior. So when you have done something you think violates social norms or violates your own norms, then you, you, you imagine that other people might find out or, or you might be punished for this. Yeah. And so you're like, now you're making the decision, what should I do with this feeling? Do I need to do something about this? Is this legitimate signal that I'm getting here? Right. Am I guilty of something yeah. that needs Am I guilty? to be? Yeah. That needs to be addressed. And yeah, so shame kind of takes the two, two things that are painful about <laughs> embarrassment and guilt and adds them together yeah. because now you feel something wrong or defective has been exposed, but that is you. Yeah. It's not your, be- it's not just your behavior. Right. And it's not just like a temporary image problem. You have been exposed as an unworthy or bad or 
defective person. Yeah, and it'll often start from the same exact thing that maybe the like one particular situation that caused embarrassment or guilt can lead to shame because now can intensify into yeah, shame. It's like, wow, okay, not only did I mess up, I'm a mess up. <laughs> and we described it in previous episodes, and I think it's true. It's one of the most painful emotions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That can be felt. Yeah, because again, we're a social species mm-hmm. and we rely on each other um, for the most part to survive. Absolutely. And when there's a threat where I feel as though I don't belong or something mm-hmm. in this society, mm-hmm. that's not a good feeling. Yeah, I don't belong in this human community. Yeah. <laughs> I don't belong in this family. I don't belong in this relationship. I'm so yeah. kind of defective or, or, or worthless. Mm-hmm. And if that's discovered, then I'm going to be cast out or it has you know or the feeling that it has been discovered and someone now knows this about you yeah and so it's trying to hide it's yeah it's it's so painful right but it's not unmanageable yeah so all all of these feelings that we talk about is just if it becomes pathological or or Mm -hmm. ingrained or something because the shame it is a signal it's an evolved signal and so yeah it's okay to go oh is there something wrong with me that i need to change because yeah we're not just this set in stone so I remember one time, you know, we were both of us kind of thinking back our experiences with shame and, and um, yeah, I remember one time feeling what I think is accurately described as shame. Um, I was moving out of an apartment. I had a child and a dog and a husband. And so I had, it was like my first adult apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd accumulated a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I lived in that place for like five or six years. In any case, so I ranged for the moving experience, but I kind of did it like it was a move from my early twenties, you know, where yeah. I didn't have that where much have stuff like and you can just get a bunch of friends <laughs> together and, yeah. and rent a truck. And, and anyway, it went okay for a while, but then like the, the friends left because it was getting late and people left and it was still uh, me and my husband at the time. It was like, you know, 1am, 2am, it was still a bunch of crap. And, you know, the truck was completely packed full and the car was packed full and we had to leave stuff (laughs) basically on the street. And I just, I mean, there was no one to see it, right? So I don't necessarily need to be embarrassed, but I felt that that sense of shame, I just felt like I, that I just failed. Yeah, right. And that I was not the person that I thought it was. Yeah. Like I was incompetent. And how did I let this happen? How did I let this happen? That yeah. feeling. Um, and you know that persisted when I would think about it. But you know, one thing it did is, it, yeah, it was really it 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 sucked. It felt really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm never going to do this again. Like I'm yeah. I'm going to learn from this experience mm-hmm. so that I never so behave go. that way again. Yeah. And and also like we talked about in other episodes. I also didn't, I wasn't dumping that shame on top of a whole bunch of other shame. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like I felt pretty good about myself. I had self-esteem. Yeah. So like this one, this one thing wasn't just like, oh, here's one more evidence, one more piece of evidence that I'm useless yeah, person, yeah, right? Yeah, it was yeah. just like, it felt like an aberration and it uh-huh. felt like an aberration that I could say, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. So you didn't have this shame tank that you right. were, that was like <laughs> on full already or something you know it, right it, 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 yeah. because each time you experience something like that you recognize what it was and you did what you needed to do to 
to process it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And again, it's not that it, when I thought back on it now, it's fine. I don't, because yeah. it is, I've moved multiple times and I yeah. proved to myself that I had learned my lesson and I yeah. did right. it better and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, for a while when I thought about it, it was like, Oh my God, that was yeah. so terrible. Right. <laughs> but now you remember that story. So yeah. it, it did its job, you know? Right. Yeah. But um, if you can't, if you can't, resolve it yeah if it goes just it's added to your yeah. tank as you said uh-huh. then that pain is always ready to be felt again yeah it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier and then it it's it it does what we talked about before this kind of disorganized brain thing where where it's just like i don't really know what's in there but i i just have this feeling that at any moment one of these things is going to be exposed or mm-hmm. you know or i'm just going to be reminded of one of these things that's all it needs to happen and it would happen constantly right so some of the things that are harmful when you don't resolve shame when you just kind of tuck it away somewhere in yeah your emotional structure you've described kind of what you see now looking back as always having this low level shame anxiety yeah sure right just kind of waiting for something to explode at, at any moment and it almost always did because i would just be always reminded of things all throughout the day just because these things are always just barely under the surface. And you had to shame about a lot a lot of parts of your life. Yeah. Right. Pretty much every aspect you can think of about my life had some sort of shame attached to it. Because, you know, so we your, talked about... your social life and your financial yeah, life. And right. Your... Sexual life. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, everything, basically. You know, my, my myself, my image of myself, my, you know. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, yeah, I'm not really... I didn't spend enough time thinking about this stuff again. We'll... we'll big picture this thing we talked about before is just it was too difficult for me to really look at myself as a whole Mm -hmm. you know i just had these individual experiences that i was like always trying to shuffle around this shame you know each time one of these things would come up it's like oh no put it back over there put it over there you know compartmentalization Mm -hmm. you know that that's really what I use compartmentalization for mostly was to shuffle around shame. So without that sense of kind of big picture, without that sense of kind of awareness of all the different parts of yourself, it's really hard to develop any sense of knowledge about yourself. Yeah, right. And really, it's hard to put together an accurate picture of the world mm-hmm. yeah. in the ways that we described in other episodes, because anything that might have shame attached to it does not get incorporated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> into into the larger picture yeah and and something we mentioned before this this has this binding effect and it really it did kind of bind to everything Mm -hmm. so it was it was difficult to even enjoy things that i enjoyed because somehow it seemed like shame was always there ready to kind of take over or pull me away from some kind of enjoyment or you know it just always bound to everything so those are some of the consequences for you in terms of holding on to unprocessed shame yeah and just shuffling it around yeah basically what it feels like inside just kind of like just anxious and a lot of people would just interpret that as depression or anxiety or something like that Mm -hmm. but really it's just like whoa lots of shame in here but there's also harm to your interpersonal relationships Mm -hmm. and even kind of harm to others the focus of this episode basically yeah now that now we've brought you up to speed again (laughs) on what we mean by the shame shame. yeah is this shame venting shame venting yeah we're going to trademark that term. <laughs> <laughs> so just venting in general, it's just some version of complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing inherently wrong with that. We, we all do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's probably not great behavior. And, you know, if yeah, you're especially around, if it's excessive. Yeah, and... if you're around someone who vents all the time, he's kind of like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, certainly, yeah, 
it, it, it can be helpful in small bits. And it, yeah. it comes from the, you know, for me, you know, I just get this built up frustration. Yeah. And I just need to vent about just, my work or I just invent about this interaction I had, yeah. which just really helps me relieve the frustration. And, and you know, it, it does enlist you or who I'm venting to as a kind of partner a little bit to, to, to resolve this, this, this feeling that's, that's been, that's been building up. Yeah. And if you have other good people in your life, these people will probably respond yeah. in a good way. Yeah. To, I mean, to, yeah, you know, everyone, again, it's, it's a rare person who doesn't occasionally need to vent. Yeah. <laughs> and usually people are happy enough to receive your venting again, if it doesn't happen excessively, it's mm-hmm. just the occasional the occasional vent. So shame venting is the version of that, but what you're venting is not kind of frustration or even resentment, and it's not particularly conscious. Yeah, right. So I might come to you at the end of the day, had a couple of bad interactions at work. I need mm-hmm. to vent about my work. Yeah. But shame venting, you don't even necessarily you, know you're doing it. No, right. At least I didn't when we think back and when we came mm-hmm. up with this term. Now nowadays I, I I am conscious of it, so it doesn't even happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's this what happens when you have a buildup of shame, mm-hmm. especially around a certain topic or interaction or relationship. Yeah. And you don't know how to process that shame. Mm-hmm. You don't even really want to recognize it. Right. But it has to come out somehow. It can't just keep being added to and added yeah, to and right. added to. Yeah, It gets too full. The tank overflows, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of like, yeah, the shame tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that. Or actually the ball, say this, is this ball that's expanding and getting too big and then it has right, to be almost, vented, Oh, yeah. Right? Almost like a balloon, right? It's just blowing yeah. up and, and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, it, can't, it can't be explode. So you put a little yeah. pinhole in it and... Sh- some steam comes Some out. Some steam comes rushing out and that relieves the, it shrinks the ball a little bit and yeah. relieves some of that, of that feeling of impending shame. But in some cases, these shame ventings are, are pretty bad and the steam is going in your face. Steam is going in the face <laughs> of the other person. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of runs the gamut. And, you know, so we, ha- I was trying to think of some examples um, from the earlier days in our relationship. And, yeah. and one is, you know, you had been seeing a woman for a few months, not very mm-hmm. long. Yeah, not very long. Right before um, we met. Yeah. And this was before your divorce was final again. And she had ended the relationship and, and then we started going out. And when we started going out, you talked a lot about her. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> for a while. A lot about that you know quote unquote relationship which was you know again just kind of Not dating for a, a few months yeah right um and then uh you know so for instance yeah if we went to a place you would say like oh she and i went there and and yeah. you know you told me like three or four times where she worked for instance. yeah right. <laughs> like what's up with well, this? we drive by it there it is that's, oh that's where so-and-so works and not yeah. not as if you were this first time you were telling me uh, right, right? right um so you you had uh, clearly kind of need to talk about it it didn't seem to yeah. me that you were that into her. It didn't seem to no. have feelings. And so this was, you know, it, it was kind of confusing and, and a little bit annoying, but it yeah. tapered off and more or less. So it was really benign version of shame venting. <laughs> yeah, there's much worse. Yeah. And then it was kind of much later where she came up again. And, and at that point, it was like, you know, you want to maybe think about why you mm-hmm. talked about this person so much? Like, there, there seems to be something unresolved there. I don't think yeah. it is that you're still in love with this person or something. Right. So what is it? What's going on? Yeah, and it was really difficult. And, and when you finally did bring it up like that mm-hmm. i got hit with a wave of shame i totally remember i mean so obviously yeah. it was like oh um, hmm, yeah interesting that i am i haven't really thought about this 
And, and, and so it was like really kind of the early, one of the earliest examples that we could think of that we didn't call it shame venting at the time, mm-hmm. but it was like kind of recognizing that that's what was going on. It's like, Oh, I think I keep saying this because I just feel shame about that experience and then talked it through for a good hour or so. And yeah, well, I think too, you went, you went, that was when you had started your writing, you went and wrote about it or something like, I think maybe, it, yeah, it was at the very, very early came, stages of yeah, this whole because process. Because then you came back and you had a much fuller story about yeah. why, what mm-hmm. maybe the shame was coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was just this variety of things where for one thing it was, so we talk about, we've talked about how we got together on the tail end of this J experience. Mm-hmm. And this was also at the tail end because it's almost the exact same time we met. It was mm-hmm. literally like, a, you know, that ended like before. Yeah. right before we met. And so it was a similar situation. I was, Jay still had access to me. Mm-hmm. She was very, uh, still very controlling yeah, and right. it, controlling the whole, the whole end of the relationship mm-hmm. and, and the house and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I had a lot of shame about that. And I was. I was voicing my resentments like constantly to this woman, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually she's just like, wow, this is why you with this person, you know, kind of like what right. we went through, you know, but in her case, it was like, screw this, like, you know, <laughs> and so, yeah, it, I think I was probably shame venting to her also. But also on top of that, though, just the way that that relationship started and was was starting to take shape was similar to my previous ones too, where I was not, wasn't attracted to her. She came on to me mm-hmm. And it was like, I had the same kind of feeling as it's like, why am I here? This doesn't, this isn't right, you know, but what am I going to do? This person chose me. And I'm failing to be a good partner because I'm not really that physically attracted to her. Right. And And then, and also I think I was starting to recognize how my complaining was a little excessive and stuff like that too. There was just this kind of... Well, you, I think you revealed too much about the actual relationship right yeah so with with jay and you kind of learned your lesson with me not the lesson you should have learned but you're right you you know essentially kind of did more disguise about well and this is where i said once in this podcast where it's like oh i just i was just saying the bad stuff that's where that came from Mm -hmm. like so uh, that's the lesson i learned was like oh she didn't like the way i was i dealt with the relationship with Jay, but it was only because I was saying all the bad stuff. I didn't say anything, but there was no good stuff. <laughs> I was just saying stuff, which was all bad. I know. So, but when, yeah, when, then when you got to me, you were kind of like, oh, I can't yeah. talk. Yeah. I better, that. I better stay I be- quiet about this, but yeah, eventually w- it just, yeah, eventually it came, came out. out anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be an example of, again, of, of, of shame venting yeah. somewhat benign, but there were other examples for sure mm-hmm. where you would shame vent and it yeah. wasn't benign towards me, no. you know, especially if it, it was involved our relationship yeah. or my body or right. our intimate life, mm-hmm. um, all of which kind of happened because you had you had a lot of shame around yep. relationships and intimacy. And, yeah, right. All of it unresolved. And yeah, all of it unresolved. Yeah. So sometimes you would resolve it by oversharing yeah. or too much information. Right. And it would be information that I was not prepared to receive and I did not want to hear about. Yeah. So either it was like, that this one we just talked about which was like not even provoked right it would just be like i'd see something and go oh that's where this person and and i used to do this or whatever and or it would be something it would be triggered by something like Mm -hmm. so something would happen and and between the two of us yeah between the two of us and i would feel an overwhelming rush of shame and then there goes the vent there goes the vent yeah but the vent is basically i'm not i have no idea what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like this is i'm not actually trying to process anything it's consciously trying to process anything this is useless just drivel that's coming out of my mouth that is not 
that not only is it not useful or accurate, it's harmful. And you, you're not at all aware of who you're saying it to, yeah. how they might receive it, mm-hmm. how they might feel about that piece of information. Yeah. It's all about relieving your own sense of, right. of shame. Although we were kind of talking about this in terms of shame venting around narcissists, because you would shame yeah. vent or you shame vent around everyone. everyone. Right. Because again, you were not socially aware in those situations. Yeah, I had no idea that's what I was doing, obviously. Yeah. I think that, that narcissists are kind of scanning the landscape They're for these for kind of shame events, exactly, right? Exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's also giving information to people mm-hmm. and you don't know what they're going to do with that information. Right. This kind of oversharing TMI and like it's, it's often saying something about your personal, private, intimate life yeah. to people that one may, that may make it, them feel uncomfortable or you could be giving it to people who are going to then use it yeah. to manipulate you, which right. is hap- what happened to you. Yeah, it makes perfect sense that because... Narcissistic people are are they need to be superior. They need to be right. They need to be, from my experience, R and J, always looking for for the upper hand, always looking for some way to be superior. And me just handing over this embarrassing information about myself, or you know, right, almost from the first day. These are my insecurities. Yeah, here you go. These are my. This is what I feel ashamed about. I feel ashamed yeah. about this. This. I mean, it's just popping up. It doesn't affect them, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> because they're like, oh. Nice. I'm going to put that right. in my pocket. And Other than just like, oh, I don't, this person has too much insecurity. Like, I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody with this much insecurity. So that's what maybe a healthy person would say. Or they would say, why is this person telling me all about his yeah. like <laughs> troubles and, and past sex life and yeah. embarrassing details on the first date? Yeah. Like, why is he doing that? And when mm-hmm. you're doing it, because you're, the situation causes these shame fans. And, yeah. and, you know, the narcissist kind of encouraged that. Yeah. Because again, right. it gives yeah. them more, more information. But yes. Yeah, right. If you're on a more kind of balanced, healthy person, they're going to be. Mm, yeah. I don't. What am I supposed to be doing what, yeah, with this why, information? Why are you telling me this? Right. <laughs> are you telling me this right now? Yeah. Yeah, and and I recognize it a lot more often now, just with other people. When when I just am overhearing people or people are talking to me or something, and I go, "Ooh, that seems like that person may be shame venting." Like it's mm-hmm. just kind of just more obvious. And I think a lot of people have some shame, at least some, and a lot of people have a lot of shame. And, and like we talked about with, with narcissistic people, they're driven by shame too. I think it's a, you know, we've talked about before that it's kind of can be a similar start to these personality disorders, mm-hmm. codependency and narcissism, but then they just diverge in a different way, mm-hmm. but still driven by shame. It's just like, I, I need, th- their need to be, feel superior is to cover up shame probably for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's what I was doing regularly because I had no other way to resolve it, really, you know? So just let this, let some steam out every now and then, mm-hmm. you know? Regardless of yeah, where, where you are and <laughs> who you're talking to. Yeah, and what the subject is and, and, you know, and not taking just one or two steps back to look at the big picture and, and just go, because I would read your reaction, say, in, in these things, go, wow, so this, I, just said, I said something bad here. Like, this was, <laughs> this was not good. Like, but why did I say? It? I have no idea. Right. I wouldn't be able to figure it out. Right, and you just now feel more shame. Yeah, right. Now I have another have layer of shame. <laughs> yeah, and then there's there's other there's other things that would take place, like the reflexive dishonesty that we've also talked right. about. Right. So shame venting was one way to deal with this feeling of unresolved shame, but then yeah, just lying. Yeah. So this is a more conscious version of, and it took me a really long time to admit how conscious, really, probably most of my lying was. It was just, it was just the fact that I so quickly covered it up 
because there's shame that comes from lying. Right. It was so, it was not unconscious, but it was habitual. Habitual, yeah. So you didn't have to plan it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just did mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like we talked well, about this in another episode. You were so practiced at it. That yeah. It ju- you just did it. So, the whole almost. process was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there's the initial like, uh oh, shame, shame came up. Can't mm-hmm. deal with this. Mm-hmm. Quick lie. Whatever. Whatever the quickest lie I can think of that. Um, that just makes the whole situation sound better, not right. as bad. Like right. I just need to make myself look not as bad. Mm-hmm. But then I instantly feel shame from the fact that I just consciously lied. So now I have to figure out a way to cover that up. Is what I said partially true at least? Like is it, you mm-hmm. know, just some kind of cleanup effort? Yes. And then now now the cleanup effort becomes the story and then the, the lie that I told becomes the story. But then it's still impossible to keep track of that crap because it's not the real, it's not the, the truth. Right. You know? <laughs> So now I have just, I'm just keep at it, throwing stuff into the, the ball, into the tank. Yeah. And we mentioned that we had text records. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had text records and they were te- including text records between us, which were very helpful because I'd be able to say, that's not how you describe right. that situation. You said exactly the opposite. And then yeah. you would go back and like, oh like, yeah. Oh I said geez. Okay. I lied. <laughs> that was a lie. That was clearly <laughs> a lie because <laughs> right, right. that's not the way it was happening. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not a great strategy either. I mean, these are all not great strategies right. for actually resolving shame. No, no. And then having all this unprocessed shame was a real block to intimacy for yeah. us because, Absolutely. one, you know, we have these kind of unpleasant interactions, like these shame venting, where it starts to feel unsafe for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. When, when am I going to get this blasted with, next? Right. with this, this shame? And then your inability to explain the big, bigger picture of yourself, like to say, well, this, this is why I said it. Or, this yeah. is what happened in this relationship. And for the, that to be true, I mean, that was very difficult because anything that was potentially shameful about any of those situations, you would leave out yeah. <laughs> of the story. Yeah. And the parts of yourself that you had attached shame to, mm-hmm. you would edit out. Intimacy being knowing another person yeah. what that person doesn't know themselves that's right. really hard to that combined with just this a major lapse in trust i mm-hmm. mean just like what am i getting here like the, mm-hmm. so yeah not only is it has this person we've we've discovered these conscious lies even if they're unconscious it doesn't matter lies mm-hmm. or lies but also just yeah it does he even know himself at all to begin with so mm-hmm. it's like I, I, and maybe we should have said this early on a lot of the shame the vast majority of the shame you were carrying was not legitimate. Right. It was not warranted. Right. Yep. It was for things that you should not have to be ashamed about. Right. Sure. Including the abuse in your childhood, the depression and the anxiety and the difficulty dealing with social (laughs) interactions that resulted from that, you know, any kind of lack of experience that then resulted from that Mm -hmm. social anxiety. I mean, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. It's not shameful. It just felt shameful. There were, yeah, it felt shameful, but these were also signals that were supposed to, I was supposed to be, I wasn't listening to these signals. So the the ones that were shameful, those relationships with R&J and things like that, those were shameful. The, the, I knew. Yeah, so you had this unprocessed shame that wasn't warranted. You didn't know what to do with it. So you just, again, compartmentalized it, pushed yeah. it away. Then when behavior came along or situations came along that were shameful, that was not a signal you could receive. Yeah, so it felt it the same. Gets, it's, yeah, it gets added to the same pile of garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so all I know is that anytime... So I was afraid. I was uh, terrified of, of shame because if it did go too far, it would be the most severe, awful feeling. It feels like an existential threat. Yeah. 
the times that you have felt suicidal. Yeah, it came from shame. It came from shame. Absolutely, 100%, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's trying to avoid that, you know, just... So when I had these reflexive dishonesty moments or the shame venting or whatever, it's just like, uh-oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel it. It's a shame trigger, like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Just anything that was a shame trigger. Any sort of other trauma trigger was bad enough, you know? Those, you know, I'm getting anxious and I'm fight, flight... But uh, but shame was sh- triggers are ten times worse. I found, as far as like, now my whole my whole being is crumbling. So yeah, I, I it it's it makes sense that I would try to avoid that the second I feel it or vent it or vent it. Yeah, <laughs> but then until like we talked about in I think the second episode of season two, I had to learn how to be okay with those signals to go. Okay, wait, right. is this a legitimate feeling? If yes, then do something about it. Right. So because what well, we were talking about, this this short relationship that you had yeah. right before me, it was nothing shameful. <laughs> right. No. It could have gone that direction, obviously, because that's the thing. It was starting like the other relationships did. Yeah. I mean, the problems that you were you were getting signals and you just interpret them as shame signals and you, 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 yeah. them, you interpret them as there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not attracted to this person, right. but she wants to be in a relationship with me. There's something yeah. wrong with me. There's something inadequate. And shameful about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Not the signal being like, I don't want to be in a relationship with this person. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so learning how to let the, those signals through and, and, and interpret them. Yeah. And also to recognize when you're shame venting. Or about to shame vent, really. Because when was the last time you remember me actually doing it? I was thinking about that. I, I don't remember that. I think because I'm feeling the shame before it gets to a vent. And that and my tank is not full. Your tank is not full. Not but close. also if you're feeling shame, you can you can do what you were just describing. You can you can think about like is this is this an actual legitimate shame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am, am I am I violating my own sense of personhood? Yeah. Some way. Yeah. And if you're not, because shame is really kind of letting yourself down. Yeah. In such right. a way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a betrayal of yourself. Yeah, it's kinda of like when we talk about boundaries, it's like really more about like not honoring yourself as opposed to society or, you know, other people. So if it's in a situation in which you yourself are not betraying your own values, where's the shame? Yeah. So now when you, if you start to feel that expanding ball of shame, Mm -hmm. you can process it and resolve it rather than just vent it. Yeah. Because uh, it's, I, I still, you know, even though I say my tank is not full, there's still some shame in there mm-hmm. because all of this stuff, this was, I was carrying this for over 40 years, you know? So yep. when we were talking about this episode, we were taking a walk around this park the other day and I was, I was like, Ooh, oh, it's like starting to fill up again. Like yeah. just talking about this stuff. You right. Know? Yes. But yeah, but, but I, I th- but I know that's what I'm feeling mm-hmm. and I'm able to just go, okay, what, what do I do with that? You know, mm-hmm. this stuff happened. This stuff is there. So yeah. it's like, do I understand it? What, or, how can I explain it? What what do I know about it? How does it fit into my overall big picture of myself and all that? That's what I do now, right. as opposed to in the past, where it's just like, oh, I'm feeling something. I don't even know it's shame. You yeah. know, vent, vent, fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, we were coming up with all kinds of bizarre ones that I said over the years. <laughs> yeah, just... I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> do you remember this? Oh yeah. <laughs> So that's shame venting. Yeah. Be interested to hear from anyone if they recognize themselves or recognize that behavior in, in people that they're mm-hmm. around. That's if they think that's a useful term. 
Yeah. And again, if you have any specific questions for us that you'd like us to answer in a future episode, um, please email us or contact us on Facebook or Instagram. And we, we very much appreciate follows, likes, comments. We read them all. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Thank you.